What's up, guys? Thanks and welcome back to the channel. I told you I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And we are going to continue with the rise of the Red Venetia, Chapter 3. Giola watched a diminutive, a diminutive, a diminutive woman came around from the other side of the SUV. Oh, I'm sorry. Chiola watched as a diminutive woman came around from the other side of the SUV. A laminated identification card affixed to a lanyard around her neck identified her as Dr. Periposa Vasquez, a scientist employed by Honeycutt Laboratories, Ravenswood, Alabama. There was something familiar about her, but Chiola couldn't put her finger on it. The woman held firmly onto a cultish young tween who was taller than her by a good four inches. The scientist's veins stood out in her muscle, muscled arms, showing how much force she was really using to contain the writhing tween. The air filled with a zephyr of aroma as dueling scents wafted over the area. Among the sweet, among the sweet pungent aroma of ripe guava mingled in with the ravenishes and the pine-scented air, the musky odor of panther was undeniable. Dr. Mariposa Vesquez appeared to be in her 20s because of her mohawk tattoos, piercings, jeans, and Doc Martens, but one closer inspection was older than first presumed. But on closer inspection was older than first presumed. There was a world weariness in her bright jade eyes, which stood out in sharp contrast to her rich copper skin and Aztecan features. Her turquoise and jade jewelry looked to be old and authentic. The tween's eyes roamed everywhere, greedily taking everything in. Her nostrils flared as she breathed in the myriad musk enveloping her. It was as though she had never been outside before. She was desperately trying to break free of the scientists, but Dr. Vesquez held her firm. Held firm. She was free, preternaturally still. As she watched the emotions flit across Rufus and the women's faces, Chiola couldn't help noticing the all-too-familiar collar circling the tween's neck. For a moment, everyone stood still, scenting each other. Chiola's inner alarm sounded on high alert as she and the other Ravenisha caught a whiff of La Panthere Noir and some other unidentifiable scent on the still, humid Alabama air. She thought this woman wasn't what she seemed, but she appeared to be somewhat kindred, not a threat. Chiola brows knitted in confusion. When she inhaled the woman's scent, her nasal passages detected no whiff of La Panthere Noir on her. She had smelled her pleasant, overripe fruit-like scent before, but for the life of her, Chiola couldn't remember where. Whatever the case, she would have to monitor the woman, though because there was something odd about her, something otherworldly, that only left the young one. Yes, the familiar pheromones were emanating from her, but before she could investigate further or even fully examine the girl, her body fell to the ground, racked with pain. Chola had been so intent on studying the newcomers, she hadn't even noticed Rufus advancing on her and the other Ravenitia. Suddenly, Elizabeth and Matilda also doubled over in pain and dropped to the ground, spasming. Damn that man, see the Chola. Why was he torturing them before they'd even done anything to him? Damn him to hell. That explained why he had enfeebled them. He knew they couldn't fight or change in their current weakened state, and the strangers would distract them. The snake. She raged inwardly. Y'all, I can't bear this pain much longer, Lizzie's gasping that voice so low and shaking they barely heard her even with her heightened hearing. 
even with their heightened hearing. Be strong, Lizzie, Matilda croaked. Don't let them break you. I can't tell thee. Our bodies have gone too long without the change, without fresh meat. We're aging faster and faster. And Chiola screamed. The caterwaul that tore from her throat gave way to a deep growl as her voice got lower and seemed to be coming from a place deep down inside. She and the other women clutched their stomachs and rowled around in pain. As they mewled and wriggled about on the ground, their hands morphed into clenched claws. Hair grew over their bodies, and their eyes became cat-like. As their canines grew, spasms made them bite their tongues, and blood poured from their mouths. Just as quickly as the pain came, though it ended, and the women lay impotently on the ground, soaked in sweat, blood, and tears. Their features reverted to normal, except their worn faces seemed to show even more wrinkles. Chiola slowly got up and faced Rufus' lips in a thin line, nostril flaring as she struggled for breath. Rage overtook the pain. Rufus, you low-down son of a bitch. Why can't you just greet people like a normal person? Done having fun with us? Chiola began advancing toward Rufus. Chiola Rufus sighed. You know I abhor harsh language. It's so uncivilized and uncouth coming from such a beautiful woman, such beautiful woman's mouths. Besides, is that any way to talk to, to talk when a minor is present? I see I'll have to teach you a lesson, as usual. Rufus used a remote in his hand to shock Chiola again. She fell to the ground, nothing but the whites of her eyes showing as blood flecked spittle ran from her mouth. Her body shook and trembled and then went still. The heaving of her chest, the only indication she was still alive. Rufus turned to the horrified girl and sneered, look at her. There's your nana gal, the magnificent warrior. Go say hello. Rufus shoved the girl forward. Chiola's eyes fluttered open and she appeared dazed as she tried to sit up. The tween rushed over to Chiola crying. Miss Chiola, are you all right? But not before glaring at Rufus. Something passed between them when the girl touched Chiola, and in the blink of an eye, she flicked out her tongue and licked the blood from Chiola's mouth. Chiola's vision gradually sharpened and focused. Cleo? Chiola moaned. But no, this girl had piercing light blue eyes and white blonde frizzy curly hair, not to mention her being lighter. Otherwise, she could have been a doppelganger of her daughter, Cleo or even her granddaughter, Theodora. Chiola's eyes widened and understanding slowly dawned. You twisted sick son of a bitch. She snarled at Rufus while she slowly rose to her feet. You imbecile. You can cause all kinds of mutations. Rufus merely looked through Chiola and the others, only the coldness emanating from his eyes betraying his genuine feelings. I can't be stupid. I'm not the one in bondage on what is basically a large preserve now, am I? You negresses have been on this property since after the war of northern aggression, aggression, and yet you've never escaped. The women looked at each other, faces scrunched in confusion at the mention of the word negresses. I'm not the one experiencing a hunger so deep it's gnawing at me from the inside out, am I? I'm not the one standing here picking weeds to eat from the side of the road like old N-I-G-G-R women used to do, am I? He shocked Chiola again. This time she crumpled to the ground and didn't move her dress, falling in limp folds around her. Having had enough, Matilda stood up to a full six feet two inches and got in Rufus' face. To his credit, he didn't back up. 
Cut the bullshit, Rufus. I know you didn't just call us N-I-G-G-R's. You know damn well we're not stupid. You also know we could leave if we wanted. Un momento, por favor. Because um, my room is not well lit. I just like. And I actually don't. um, I actually don't. Like, I'm not saying the word. And I know you probably heard me say on the other channel. But not. I'm actually not saying that word. You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying nigga. My nigga. You know what I mean? Like, on some chill shit. You know what I'm saying? And really, the if you were to spell what I'm saying, I'm saying Niger. And that's us in the Bible. They just twisted around and made it wicked. Like, you know, like they do everything else when it comes to us. You know, because the Lord chose us moving forward. Um, where we at? The, mm, mm, mm. He said, "Cut the bullshit." She said, "You also knew. You also know we could we we could we could leave if we wanted, but we made a promise centuries ago, and unlike some people, we keep our word." By now, Tildy's neck was rolling, and her spit flecked Rufus's face. Tired of your bullshit, so stop. She stabbed him in the chest with her finger. Her nose. Mere inches from his nose. Rufus shook his head and sneered right back. He flourished his remote and tied Tildy's face and she slapped his hand away. Fool! We could have gotten these collars off and you'd be none of the wiser a long time ago. Tildy snarled, rolling her eyes just before Rufus shocked them all again. Shola didn't even move a muscle, still stunned from the last joke. No, I don't think so. Or you would have removed them, Rufus responded slowly. A smile spreading across his face. You still haven't figured out how to remove the collars without activating them to kill you. And you still haven't a clue where your daughters are located. Hey, guys, listen. I just want to start really quickly because I don't want this to revert back to a kid's channel. So if he says nigger again, I'm going to say the word nigger. Because I don't think that anybody is going to let their kid continue to watch something or listen to something where they're saying that. So um, I'm just going to actually be mature adults. Understand that we are reading a book and uh respect the art and that's it we're reading a book um no i don't think so okay and you still haven't a clue where your daughters are located after the women recovered from the latest shock they glared at rufus canine's beard the hatred emanating off them so thick the air seemed heavier and harder to breathe the twain and dr vasquez stood uneasily frozen with their backs to the suv Chiola finally stirred and stood up. She seemed none the worse for the wear, except for wet sweater areas on her dress and spots of blood speckling it. She was, however, pissed. A fearsome vibe radiated from her thin body, and she seemed on the verge of exploding. Massive canines filled her mouth, and her eyes had contracted down to slits. You're getting on my last, last nerve, Rufus Paquette. The Otis Honeycutt. Chiolo rasped in a bass alien voice. Shock us again and see what happens. You should be afraid, Rufus. Very afraid. Do you really want to release the she-beast in us? And I mean all of us? We may have the energy to change. We may not. But do you really want to find out? I dare you. You little punk ass bitch. You're only alive now because you have our daughters. And these collars may or may not kill us in our beast forms. 
Chiola growled sinisterly and held Rufus's gaze until he looked away first. Wrath roiled over her in waves. She wanted to eat Rufus so badly. Rufus looked around and realized if the woman did muster up the energy to change, he'd never make it back to the SUV in time. Fine. It's not worth my time arguing with your foul-mouthed butts anyway. I came here to, to tell y'all the time has come for the young generation to break the bonds from y'all old crones and make their contribution to the prosperity of science. Rufus's icy glaze settled on the tween. Freddy, my new vessel here is ready. And it's time y'all done finally earned your keep. Your old blood just isn't doing it for me anymore. Lizzie sent the air spitefully taunting. I don't know how great pale one you smell even sicker to me. I don't know, oh great pale one. You smell even sicker to me. You must be desperate to heal yourself and prolong your miserable life. Why should we care if you're dying? You better care. If you ever want to see your daughters again. The tween looked at Rufus as if truly seeing him for the first time. Her mouth formed an O and she put her hands on her non-existent hips. Vessel, the young girl snarled, feeling empowered through the sheer proximity of her kin as she watched the shameful exchange. Fuck you. A scream tore from her throat as Rufus calmly shocked her with the remote of the collar attached to her neck. He did it again. Just to be evil, as it was clear he had incapacitated her with the first shock. The tween's eyes rolled up in her head and she dropped to the ground. Unconscious. When her, when her arms flopped on the ground, an ivy port attached to a vein came into full view. The flesh around the port was purple, black, and dark red. Tears filled the woman's eyes and the gasped. They had to use all of their self-control not to rush forward, tear Rufus to pieces, and finish him once and for all. Perhaps Rufus sensed it was time to take his leave, for he nodded at the SUV's driver who had been standing outside his door with his gun drawn. He walked over, picked up the tween, and un ceremoniously threw her into the back of the SUV. Dr. Vesquez opened her mouth as if to say something, but closed it. Her jade green eyes flashed with lurking menace, and if Rufus had bothered to look at her, he would have seen her eyes, pupils narrow into cat slits. She climbed into the back of the SUV and confronted the incapacitated girl, but not before a look passed between her and the other women. Rufus opened his door and paused before he stepped inside. Call in Theodore and the others. And don't try to lie to me. Ozzy told me about their birthmarks. You understand me, Chiola? I will tell you one time only, and to prove to you I'm not the heartless bastard you think I am, I'll give you a week with your she-bitch grandchildren to get your affairs in order. Not that you have any affairs to get in order, Rufus snickered as he sat down and closed the door. The back window silently rolled down. Never forget. I own everything around here, and I mean everything, and I have your daughters. Just remember their lives are in my hands. Whatever idea is having you do to that poor child isn't going to work, Rufus, Chiola voiced. Your only hope of developing your magical elixir is to work with us. Rufus scoffed. How teaching and magnanimous of you. How touching and magnanimous of you. I tried working with you once, remember? You just let me worry about things and do as I say. Chiola swallowed her pride and tried one more time. You know, Rufus, you don't have to treat us this way. Like, like animals, Rufus shortlit. Oh, the irony. 
But that's what you are in every sense of the word. Animals. Is that not the truth? Goodbye, Chiola. Then why do you want to be like us so badly? I don't have to explain anything to you, Chiola. He nodded at Elizabeth and Matilda. The same goes for y'all, too. It's not my fault your own people sold you to America. One week, whistling, he pressed the button. And as the window slid silently up, he mentioned for the driver to leave. Chiola raced out to the SUV, watching her grandchild's tear-streaked face turn around and stare at her. Her arms reached, reaching out to her as she ran after the vehicle. Ooh, child. That's right, Chiola panted. They gathered their things and began walking up the windy road back to their home. My God, I didn't know Cleo had given birth to another child. I don't even know why my granddaughter's... I don't even know my granddaughter's name. Did you see the way she reached out her little arms to me? Chiola sobbed before collapsing on the road, which was already hot as an oven under the scorching Alabama sun. Her sister friends helped her, and they continued walking. We've got one week to get those girls ready. Lord, we are truly doomed, lamented Elizabeth. At least I've taught them everything. I know about fighting and battle, strat strat battle strategy, Matilda said. They walked on in companionable silence. Did we really spend all these years in bondage for nothing, Matilda pondered? Waiting, waiting, waiting for the rise of the Revenitia? Were we wrong to pin our hopes on the shoulders of this new generation? The women stopped for a moment to rest and then continued walking. When Chiola broke the silence, it was with a timbre of determination. I don't know about y'all, but I'll be damned if I'm going to allow that evil man to defeat us. He's right about one thing, though. The time to break those bonds is here. That bitch Idia promised us we'd be free. Instead, she's taken our children. Now she wants our grandbabies? This means war. And what's with him talking in that old white southern vernacular? Ugh. When we get back to the house, Tildy, please ask Leona to summon Lieutenant Allensworth. We need him and his men here yesterday. Also, notify the sheriff to prepare because the shit is about to hit the fan. Lord, I just hope that baby girl licked up enough of my blood just now. There may be hope for us yet, sisters. We'll get back at idea. And once we do, we can carry on what La Panther Noir has always wanted from us. We can rule this land and all others as Ravenisha, Rufus and Adia done picked the wrong women to fuck with. We are warriors. We are queens. We are Ravenisha. They raised their fists in the air and gave the Ravenisha war chair. Their ululations, ululations or ululations and roars singing on the still air. Guys, that's amazing. And oh my gosh, my eyes. Woo! It is so good to read. Like you definitely need to read. But it's like after I was like reading, and I have to find like the like perfect kind of right like lighting. But oh my gosh, you can just tell that I don't read on paper as much as I used to. Oh gee. Doing absolutely no paperwork. Lots of lots of digital work lately. Not enough paperwork. Oh gee, oh my gosh. Can't wait to go back to this. Um well, I guess not really go back to school, but I'm gonna taking like another training course to do something else. Mm -hmm. Because I like to learn new things. And even if I don't work. Has this ever happened to you? And of course, followed by this. Oh, what about the time when you have to go somewhere, can't find the right thing, right piece of jewelry, the right dress. 
With everything going on, no one, and I mean no one, wants to deal with the hustle and bustle of the malls these days. And then, here comes BHGate. BHGate offers a wide range of custom-made products, from jewelry to dresses, cell phones, earbuds even, all kinds of things. Cool shoes. All at low, low prices that cannot be beat. Using my link, you can get an additional 20 to 30% off. Next to nothing on your next purchase. Kiss the hustle and bustle of the mall goodbye and say hello to long, You know, it's still something, it's like a training I've gotten under my belt. It's like a little certification. It's still something I can do. And it's still knowledge. Knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Hello. Guys, how about it? Guys, this is just so reminiscent of like us, like real melanated women, real melanated people, just like without the whole thing, you know what I mean? But it's just, it's just amazing. It's just, it's, and it's so sad. It's so sad. Our history is horrific, but, you know, make no mistake that, yeah, ultimately it's always those that are closest to you that do the most damage you know what I mean so that's is why I believe we have this time in this life is to make true separation for those that not only want to be in the kingdom of heaven if you believe I certainly believe um but those who deserve to be as well you know what I mean because you may want to go but don't belong or you may belong but don't want to be there you know what I mean so either way you don't belong you know what I mean like I don't know it's just crazy and um I want to be clear that I'm a person that I think it's okay to, um, I think it's okay to like compliment and raise up my own people, like my own melanated, you know, fellow men. I, cause I've done it for all races. I, I see, and I saw patients on an individual basis. So, you know what I mean? So that was the individual person I'm taking care of and caring for. So I just, it just seems like a thing with other races that they feel kind of jaded or insulted sometimes and not all people of all races, you know what I mean? But I'm only going by my personal experience and personal witness seems like it's offense taken when you're um, praising or glorifying our melanated, wonderful, original race of people. Um, and that doesn't take anything away from other races. So that's that's sad and a shame. And I hope that that doesn't deter you from living your life because it's really going to, when you let little things like that, because that in itself, that is actually ignorance. And then that hinders your growth and it, and it actually hinders your life experience, you know? And um, things like that can also give you wrinkles, guys. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how having a peace of mind can just take years off of you. And I suggest you start today. Everything that you care about being youthful and start today, no matter how young you are and keep it up. Face routines, no frowning, no stress. Start today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hello. And I don't care if you're 18, start today. And of course, we would like for y'all to be 18 and over because again, this is not a content made for Ken's channel. Mm-hmm. Hello. Um... So yeah, y'all, that was amazing. I really, really, so I just wanted to say that because I think that's important. Um, Also, I want to state that I'm not a racist. I do believe that, and I, I may have come off like that in the past, Um, 
you know, because I was younger and immature. But, you know, that's just, a, I would say, a misperception of me and just me having a disdain for people that hate people of my color and color people, period. Like, I, I don't like people that don't like people for dumb shit or don't, or just, like, hate people. You know what I mean? Like, you have a right to your opinion and who you, what your flavor is, and that's it, that's that. But when you just don't like people just off the basis of what the fuck, just, like, what you see right away, then that's just... That's a crying, miserable shame. And a lot of times when you look at those people in the face, they're crying, miserable shame also. And don't be fooled because there are some of the prettiest people in the world that are fucking disgusting on the inside. Fortunately for me, I'm able to look inside of people's eyes and I can see the bullshit, whether or not you have on pretty eyeliner or not. Um, Also wanted to just state that I believe that racism itself and all this separation of the nations was created by the devil himself to create confusion because guys, we all, it is all, it is your, you actually have an opportunity. Everybody has an opportunity to the kingdom of heaven. It, that's so that's amazing. And that's like forever. That's like this life doesn't last long. You know what I'm saying? And you could be somewhere great for the rest of your life. And you have an opportunity for it. But the devil does is he tries to ruin that opportunity for you and hurry up and get you uh, to his kingdom. So that's why they say the good die young, because it's actually a lie. You make a lot of mistakes young. You don't get to learn from bad decisions. And that can end you up in hell. And that is a PSA. Mm-mm, hello, guys. I love this book. I love everyone in the world sometimes i don't like people because people can make really fucked up decisions but i love everyone i love you for listening i love the most high i love me i love being melanated i love everything i love the universe and um i love you for listening don't forget to like share subscribe to the channel mm-hmm. and i love the rise of the revenue mm-hmm. mm-hmm. see you next time